Oh, it burns. Oh. Oh, my. You ever take a swig of <laughs> strong ginger ale with a real gingery flavor? I just took a fast swig just to wet my whistle. Man. Ooh. I could feel it in my nose. Oh, my. Yeah. Hey, hello, friends. I am your humble host, and you're listening to Sounds Like Radio as I recover here. <laughs> I can still feel a little bit of that ginger ale in my nose, but I'm a trooper, baby. I am a trooper. Yeah. Uh, today on Sounds Like Radio, uh, we have, of course, a great Gildersleeve for you. We are winding down the end of this current season. The 1950-51 to 51 season will be ending as of next week. This is the week before the last episode of the 51 season, 50-51 season. But nevertheless, never fear, the Great Gildersleeve will continue in September. But this is the next-to-last broadcast of the 50-51 to 51 shows. In today's episode, Bronco's father is planning to visit with the great Gildersleeve and Marjorie. He wants to see those little twins, and I, I think he's going to be happy to see them. And, you know, uh, Gildersleeve, he tries to be polite, so he wants to welcome Bronco's father and say to him, Welcome. We welcome you with the pleasure of your company. Here is Bing Crosby and Johnny Mercer. May I have... The pleasure of your company. Sure, where are we going? As we trip the night, fantastic we call life. If I can have the pleasure of your company, I'll be a Robbie Burns to your will fight. I want to be Artie Lauder. You got it. All boiled bean. By that I mean we'll find a bar on which to leave. Becoming at increasing speed, fast friends indeed. Permanent, so may I have the pleasure of your company to tag along wherever fate may lead. Pleasure of your company. I'm with you all the way. On this crazy quilt adventure we call life. If we can have the pleasure of their company, we'll treat the bonny lassies like a wife. The little darlings. Oh boy, oh bean, by that I mean you have a pal on whom to lean. A buddy. In your hour of need, a friend indeed. So may I have the pleasure of your company to tag along wherever fate may lead. Roman in the gloaming on the bunny banks of Clyde. Roman in the gloaming with a lassie by my side. When the sun has gone to rest That's the time that I love best Oh, it's lovely roaming in the gloaming 
See here, Jock. Hey, Sandy. That's the 15th ball you've hit out of bounds on this hole. I know, they're all new ones and they're mighty expensive, too. Then, then why don't you use old ones? I've never had any. <laughs> Say, Jock, where have you been lately? I've been hunting in Africa. Africa? What have you been shooting there? Yours. Yours? What's yours? I'll have whiskey and soda. You see, he did it again. May I have the pleasure of your company on this crazy misadventure we call life. Oh, don't call it that, Bing. If I can have the pleasure of your company, I'll still be Robbie Burns to your will fight. How about Spike Milligan and Harry Seacombe? Great. Old boy, old bean, by that you mean We'll find a bar on which to lean Becoming at increasing speed Old drunks indeed <laughs> So may I have the pleasure of your company Along with Jimmy Barton To tag along wherever fate may lead To tag along wherever fate may lead Just haven't had enough. Oh my! Ooh, that was that was a rousing one, wasn't it? Bing Crosby and uh, Johnny Mercer there on Sounds Like Radio and the pleasure. May I have the pleasure of your company? Yeah. And now, that came from a Bing Crosby album in the latter part of the 70s. It might have come from about 1975. Bing Crosby and Johnny Mercer made that album, The Pleasure of Your Company. Well, friends, we will be welcoming Bronco's father to the Gildersleeve household, and Gildersleeve will be saying that to Bronco's father. May we welcome the pleasure of your company. (laughs) Eh, well, at least that's what Gildersleeve would like to think. <laughs> eh, well, anyway, it should be a nice visit. Bronco's father coming to visit. He hasn't been there in a while. He's going to get to see them twins. And in today's episode of The Great Gildersleeve, by the way, you will finally hear the names of the twins. They'll finally be named. They picked a winner of the contest that they were running. And the winner, unfortunately, got to name the the babies, and uh, well, <laughs> you're going to hear the name a little later. Just don't look forward to it. <laughs> I mean to tell you, it's weird. Well, anyway, friends, all right, uh, yeah, so the pleasure of your company is what they'll have when uh, Bronco's father arrives. I just hope that Marjorie will control her hep talk. We don't want Bronco's father to think that Marjorie is a hep girl. When Bronco's father enters the door, let's just hope Marjorie doesn't run up to Bronco's father and say, Daddy-o! Daddy-o! Sure good-looking daddy-o! Daddy-o! Always cooking daddy-o! Daddy-o! Ready to go! All the girls are batty over daddy-o! You couldn't call him handsome, but he's loaded with style! Always wears a t-shirt and a great big smile! There's something about this crazy kid we all love so! He's around the girls who holler, Daddy-o, 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 sure good-looking Daddy-o, 
Yeah, that was Bonnie Lou here on Sounds Like Radio. Uh, I wonder where that music was. That Bonnie Lou singing Daddy Ho. Now let's just hope that Marjorie doesn't greet Bronco's father by calling him Daddy Ho. I hope Marjorie can control herself. Marjorie, please control yourself. <laughs> Well, now, uh, I think it's time we should have Bing Crosby back, huh? Yeah, well, this is a little unusual situation because we have Bob Hope here to sing a song that's rather appropriate for today's show. You see, when Gildersleeve welcomes Bronco's father, he'll say, If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a big old cake. And that's <laughs> that's just the way Bing Crosby feels about Bob Hope. Bob? John Trotter here's has a very nice arrangement of if I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Just to show you that, uh, that I'm your pal, I'm no piggy, I want to hog things around this trap, I'm going to let you sing it with me. That doesn't prove anything, but if I... <laughs> I don't think you'd cut me into a song. <laughs> this is my night! <laughs> If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked the cake. Baked the cake. Baked a big fat cake. If I knew you was coming, I'd have baked the cake. How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? Had I dropped you a letter, would you've hired a band? I got the greatest band in the whole darn land. Had I dropped you a letter, would you've hired a band and spread the welcome mat for me? Now I don't know where you came from Cause I don't know where you've been But it really doesn't matter Get a chair, fill your platter And dig, dig, dig right in If you knew I was coming You'd have had a meal Seven course Mostly horse Yeah, now Knew I was coming You'd have had a meal How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? If we'd have known you were coming, we'd have baked a cake. Baked a cake, baked a cake. If we'd have known you were coming, we'd have baked a cake. How'd you do? How'd you do? Had you dropped us a letter, we'd have hired a hall. A great big hall with a band and all. Had you dropped us a letter, we'd have hired a hall. And spread the welcome mat for you. Spread the welcome mat for you. See, it's so darn good to see you, and I've planned a good long stay. If you'd only give me warning, I'd have hopped the train this morning, and I'd have gone the other way. If you knew I was coming, you'd have cooked a goose. Cooked a hoose? A goose moose. If you knew I was coming, you'd have cooked a goose. How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? Yeah, Bing Crosby and his pal Bob Hope on Sounds Like Radio. Yeah, you could tell those two guys had a lot of fun whenever they got together. And uh, always a lot of fun here on Sounds Like Radio, too. we got to play more Bob Hope in the future, and uh, I plan on doing that. we got a lot of Bob Hope recordings, and we don't really delve into them very much here, and we're going to have to correct that situation. <laughs> All right, then, friends, it's time for the Great Gildersleeve from May 23rd, 1951. 
Let's listen as we hear what happens when Bronco's father arrives at the Gildersleeve's household. Will there be any surprises? Well, I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> You're going to find out. We're also going to find out the name of those little twins that Marjorie and Bronco had. Let's listen now to the Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company. Before we join the great Gildersleeve this evening, we have some exciting news for you from Kraft. It's more news about a new salad oil, Kraft salad oil. The first salad oil ever offered for your home use by the makers of all those wonderful Kraft prepared dressings. Tomorrow when you shop, be sure to get a bottle of lighter bodied, super fine Kraft salad oil. It's late afternoon in the great Gildersleeve's town of Summerfield, the hour when the menfolk are closing their places of business, while at home, pleasant aromas waft out of the kitchen windows and float tantalizingly down the streets. Well, somebody's having pot roast. Hope it's us. Mr. Gildersleeve? Yeah, Bronco. Hello, Bronco. Now, wait a minute. I'll walk home with you. Yeah, all right. You fine son-in-law. Oh, how was your day, Mr. Gildersleeve? Yeah, fine. How was yours, my boy? Ah, great. Good. Ah, well, little Leroy. Oh, Leroy. Hi. Yeah, isn't this wonderful? The gathering of the clan. Link arms, men. We'll march home together. The camels are coming to la la la. The camels are coming to la la la. The camels are coming to la la la. The camels are coming, Bertie. Camels? Is the circus in town? No, Bertie. The circus is right here in the living room. Hello, Marge. Hello, darling. Hello, Leroy. Hi. I dropped in Dad's bookstore today, Marge, and he said he'd like to stop by and see the twins on his way home. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, indeed. We haven't seen Mr. Thompson for quite a while. He's a fine fellow. Is Mrs. Thompson coming, Bronco? Mother? Oh, no. She's home. Good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I imagine she has dinner to get, too. Well, I'm going to run upstairs and see the twins, Marge. Oh, why don't you bring them down while I straighten up the living room a little? Yeah, I'll help you, Marjorie. Gee, I'm disappointed that Mrs. Thompson isn't coming, too. Yeah, so am I. But I'll try to get over it. Now, Unky. Then I'm delighted that Mr. Thompson's coming by. I've always felt a little sorry for him. He's such a kindly man. Yeah. I wonder if he's always been absent-minded or if he got punchy living with that drill sergeant. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there he is. I'll get it. No, I'll get it, Bertie. You stick to the pot roast. <laughs> Your father's here, Bronco. Coming, Marjorie. Well, hello, Mr. Thompson. Oh, there you are, Gildersleeve. You come right in. Glad to see you. Thank you. I knew this was the right house. I lose my bearings, you know. Yeah, this is the house, all right. Oh, I knew it was. 
because the other three weren't. <laughs> Little late, am I? No, no, not at all. You remember Marjorie? Oh, yes, my daughter-in-law. She married my son, Bronco. <laughs> you, brother. His bearings aren't getting any better. How have you been, Marjorie? Hello, Father Thompson. It's nice of you to come by. Well, I haven't been by for some time now. Mr. Thompson? Well, can this be one of the twins? <laughs> My, how they've grown. Is he kidding? I don't know. Mr. Thompson, this is Leroy. Oh, yes, Leroy. He lives next door. No, 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 Mr. Thompson. He's my twin. Yeah, I mean, my nephew. <laughs> now he's got me doing it. Oh, here's Bronco with the twins. Hello, Dad. Well, hello, son. Hello, baby. Gildersleeve, these are my grandchildren. Yes, yes, I know, Mr. Thompson. Do you hear that, babies? You're your grandfather's grandchildren. What do you think of that? She likes you, Mr. Thompson. Well, most babies do. Uh-oh. What's the matter with her, Marge? Oh, they're getting hungry. Uh, bring them out in the kitchen, Bronco, and I'll fix their formula. Oh, sure. I'll see you later, boy. All right, Bronco. <laughs> hey, I'm hungry, too. What about my formula? Yeah, well, we'll be eating soon, Leroy. Better be soon, or I'll have to wash again. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Thompson, how about staying for dinner? We're having pot roast. No, thanks, Gildersleeve. I have to get home to dinner. Mrs. Thompson is waiting. You know, by the way, how is Mrs. Thompson? Oh, Martha's about the same. Yeah. Charming woman. Who? <laughs> Your wife, Mrs. Thompson. Oh, yes. Well, I better go home. I didn't get to see much of the twins, though, Gildersleeve. Well, Mr. Thompson, you should come more often and stay longer. I'd like to. I've always been very fond of you, Gildersleeve. But you know how it is with you and Martha. Me and Martha? Yes. You two just don't seem to hit it off. Well, Mr. Thompson, where did you ever get that idea? From Martha. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where did she ever get the idea? Why, I think Mrs. Thompson is a... Yeah, I, I think she's a... Well, as I said a moment ago, a charming woman. Yes, that's what you said. You know, I've always gone out of my way to be cordial to Mrs. Thompson. Just to prove it, why don't you two come over soon? Tomorrow evening? Well, yes. You spend the evening with us and the twins. Oh, yes. They are my grandchildren, you know. Yeah, that's right. And uh, when you and Mrs. Thompson come, don't just drop in. Stay a while. Let's get acquainted. Gilda Steve, we'll take you up on that. We'll be over. Yeah, good. Excuse me, Mrs. Thompson. Telephone? Just tell Martha I'm on my way. Poor fellow. Well, I'd better sign these letters, close the water department, and get home. Yeah, I'm glad I invited Mr. Thompson over for dinner tonight. He's absent-minded, but he's good company. Say, I wonder if he'll forget to bring Mrs. Thompson. No, no such luck. Anybody here? You, Judge Hooker. 
the water buffalo still at the water hole? <laughs> yeah. Come in, Judge. There's still room for an old goat. Thank you, Gilda. How do you like the poppy in my lapel? Yeah, say, I'll have to get one, too. Saturday is poppy day, isn't it? Yes, but I got mine early. Gilda, old friend, wouldn't you like to improve your musical education? Yeah, Judge. Don't tell me you brought your flute with you. No. But guess what I have in my pocket? A hole? No, Gildy. I have tickets to the band concert in Kraft Park this evening. It's the opening of the season. Well, I'll have to hear it from my front porch, Judge. Oh? In fact, I doubt if I'll even hear it. Mrs. Thompson is coming over. Is she coming over? My sympathy. <laughs> Well, Judge, I'm doing it out of friendship for Mr. Thompson. He's put up with her for 30 years. I can put up with her for a couple of hours. A splendid thing to do, Gilda. Yeah, I think so. But you know how it is with me, Judge. If I do say so myself, I go out of my way to get along with people. It's a commendable attitude on your part. If only more people were like that. Well, you can't expect everybody to be perfect, Judge. Uh, no. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry you can't attend the concert with me. It's going to be a most interesting program. They've included my favorite number. Yo? The Whistler and His Dog. I can whistle it for you. Yes, Judge, please. Judge, I'll hear it from my front porch. The parlor looks very nice this evening. Yes, sir. When Miss Thompson comes in with those white gloves and runs her finger along the mantel, she ain't going to find no dust. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Bertie. Let's everybody be on our toes. <gasps> I just remembered. What's the matter, Marjorie? Well, I better run up and put on that blouse she gave me. The one with the strawberries on it? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Anything special you want out of the kitchen this evening, Miss Kilsey? Well, it would be nice to serve something around 10 o'clock. That's pretty well accepted as a hint to go home. Yes, sir. Would it be too much trouble to make some prune whip, Bertie? Mr. Thompson likes it. Oh, no, sir. That's easy. I just toss it in the mixer. Yeah, good. That and some coffee and cookies should round out the evening. Yes, sir. Yeah, by George, this is painless. I should have done this a long time ago, for Mr. Thompson's sake. Aunt! Yeah, what is it, Leroy? It's Friday night. Can I go to the movies? Leroy, this is the night the Thompsons are coming. I know. Can I go to the movies? Leroy, don't you want to see Mr. and Mrs. Thompson? I've seen them. Yep. Please, Unc. Let me go see the Bat Woman. Well, you're all right, my boy. Go ahead. Keen. Thanks, Unc. Mm, no use punishing the boy. It's very nice of you to entertain Bronco's parents this evening. Bronco appreciates it, too. He knows his mother's a little difficult at times. Oh, Marjorie, I'm not really doing anything big. It'll all be over in an hour or two. Besides, it won't be bad with Mr. Thompson here. He's a dear. Uh-oh, here they are. I'll get it! Yes. <laughs> Never mind, Bertie, I'll get it. We're here, Gildersleeve. Well, Mr. Thompson and Mrs. Thompson. Good evening, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> Come in. Come in. It's been so long since you've been over here. Hasn't it? <laughs> well, it's been entirely too long. My fault. Hello, Mother Thompson. Marjorie, my dear. I see you're wearing the blouse I gave you. Yes, I am. Well, 
still looks new. Apparently, you don't wear it often. Well, yeah, I... It's a little early for strawberries, you know. <laughs> uh, shall we step into the parlor so I can close the door? Oh, I forgot, Gildersleeve. I left Martha's suitcase on the stoop. Yeah, well, bring Martha's suitcase. Edward conveyed your invitation to come and stay a while, Mr. Gildersleeve. Stay a while. Suitcase. You, yes. Come in, Mr. Thompson. Oh, I can't stay, Gildersleeve. In fact, I left the motor running. You did? Yes. I have to be out of town until tomorrow night. So Martha's accepting your invitation for us. What? Yeah, I mean, wonderful. Great. Isn't it? I'll bring Martha's suitcase in. Edward, let Mr. Gildersleeve carry it. He's big. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm big. Big stoop. <laughs> you have a notion to carry it out the back way and keep running. Gildersleeve will be back in just a moment. It's lighter bodied. It's super fined. It's Kraft Salad Oil, the first salad oil ever offered for home use by the makers of all those wonderful Kraft prepared salad dressings. Yes, you women who pride yourselves on your own special homemade salad dressings now have something new and wonderful to work with. Now, you know in advance that any salad oil offered to you by Kraft is bound to be good. But Kraft salad oil is more than just a good oil. It's a new kind of oil, a lighter-bodied oil made to blend perfectly with other ingredients. That's because Kraft salad oil is not just refined, it's superfined by a special process created by Kraft. You'll find Kraft salad oil not only wonderful for your homemade salad dressings, but also for those grand chiffon cakes you bake. In fact, for every recipe you have that requires liquid shortening. So don't wait to try this new Kraft salad oil. Remember, it's lighter bodied. It's super fine. Get Kraft salad oil tomorrow at your grocer's. Get back to the great Gildersleeve. When he invited Marjorie's in-laws, the Thompsons, to come over and stay a while, he didn't expect Mrs. Thompson to bring her suitcase. But the water commissioner is inclined to look on the bright side, especially early in the morning. Oh, well, she'll only be here until this evening when Mr. Thompson gets back to town. He's already been here a whole night, and we hardly knew it. Of course, we were all asleep. Good morning, Miss Gildersleeve. Yeah, good morning, Bertie. Breakfast coming up. Great. Good morning, Leroy. Oh, hi, Unc. Leroy, why are you gulping your prunes? I'm getting out of the house before Mrs. Thompson comes down. Leroy, that isn't hospitality. You shouldn't eat until everybody's seated. You wait for the rest of us and say good morning to Mrs. Thompson. I met her in the hall and said good morning. She made me go back and wash my ears. <laughs> yeah, probably a good thing she came. Stand up, Leroy. Here they come. Oh, for corn's sake. Do I have to salute? Leroy. 
Well, good morning, Mrs. Thompson. Good morning, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hello, Bronco, Marjorie. Good morning, Anki. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Where shall we seat, Mother? Why, opposite me, at the head of the table, of course. May I, Mrs. Thompson? Oh, thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Not at all. Fine day, isn't it? Leroy, I see you've eaten most of your prunes. Couldn't you wait for the rest of us? Well... Yeah, yeah, Mr. Thompson, did you get a good night's rest? Uh, hardly. I hope the twins didn't keep you awake, Mother. It wasn't that, son. Mr. Gildersleeve, sleep is so essential to good health. Next time you buy, you should give more attention to the selection of your mattresses. You... <laughs> I'm sorry if you lost some sleep. Perhaps you can catch up on it tonight. Yeah, you'll be home in your own bed tonight. Leroy. Ouch! <laughs> yeah, playful children We always have a lot of fun at the breakfast table, Mrs. Thompson Really? The breakfast table seems such a strange place to have fun Yeah, well Here comes the breakfast Good morning, Miss Thompson Good morning, Bertie Sorry I'm a little late, but I took special things with the breakfast this morning Well, Bertie Bacon, eggs, cottage fried potatoes Waffles with parquet Oh, boy yeah, It looks great, Bertie Thank you, sir. And it's beautifully served, too, Bertie. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, Bertie's some cook. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Bertie. Yes, Miss Thompson? Don't you think your eggs would be fluffier if you beat in some cream? Yes, sir. And I stuck a fork in your waffles. I saw you. Mmm. <laughs> 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 Mother, would you like to start passing things? Bronco, I'm instructing Bertie. Zeke. Now, Bertie, <laughs> the secret to light, tender waffles is having the waffle iron hot. Yes, am Excuse me, I got to go get the hot coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you? Bertie must have dropped something. Yeah, yes, well, will you excuse me a minute? Well, certainly, Auntie. What a noisy household. Yes, yes. Now, Bertie. Yes, sir? Yeah, I know Mrs. Thompson isn't the easiest person to get along with. But we'll try, won't we? The little family thinks your cooking is wonderful. You know that, don't you? Now, I'll help you pick up the pans and the silverware. Yeah, I know Mrs. Thompson's a little critical. She likes to tell us how to run things. Yes, sir. But we can put up with it for today. Should be gone tonight. Yes, sir. Hey, Aunt, the kid delivered a telegram. A telegram? Here, take these, Bertie. Yeah, let's see it, Leroy. Well, it's from Mr. Thompson. Mr. Thompson? Yeah, what does he say, Aunt? He, he won't be able to pick up Mrs. Thompson until tomorrow night. <laughs> Bertie! <laughs> What a busybody that Mrs. Thompson is. Now, Unky? You know, Archie, if it weren't for Mr. Thompson, I wouldn't put up with it. Well, yesterday wasn't so bad. After that breakfast episode. Yeah, that's because nearly everybody got out of the house. It's the first Saturday afternoon I've spent at the office this year. Mother Thompson is a dear woman. I'm sure she's just trying to help us all. Well... You're just sensitive, Unky. She hasn't once ruffled me. Marjorie, the twins are awake. All right, Bronco. I guess they're hungry. Yeah. 
Listen to that yell. Fine, healthy babies. Marjorie, Marjorie, did I hear you say the babies are hungry? Uh, yes, Mother Thompson. I'll feed them right away. Oh, good heavens. Surely you don't feed them every time they're hungry. Well, yes, that's demand feeding. I know, and I heartily disapprove. Oh? Uh, Mrs. Thompson, up to now, Marjorie's been very successful with the twins. Mr. Gildersleeve, are you implying that I know nothing about babies? You uh, oh, no. Look at my son, Bronco. He was a schedule baby. Well, either way, I... <laughs> You see, Mother Thompson, Bronco and... My dear Marjorie, you and Bronco are scarcely more than children yourself. Mrs. Thompson. Now, my dear, we'll put them on a schedule. I'll go up and abuse them. We'll feed them at the proper time. Anki, did you hear that? Yeah, Margie, control yourself. We've managed for two days. We can make it until Mr. Thompson picks her up tonight. Anki. Yes, Leroy? That kid was by again with another telegram. Oh, no. Well, let's open it. Another day. Um, can I go to a movie tonight? Yes, Leroy, and I'll go with you. Did I hear someone mention another telegram? Oh, yes, Mrs. Thompson. Mr. Thompson's delayed again. Where did he go to South America? No, Leroy. Well, this presents a problem. My canary has to be fed. You can earn? I left ample food, but now she'll have to be attended to. I don't feel I should leave her home alone any longer. Well, that's no problem, Mr. Thompson. You run up and pack your bag, and I'll back the car out. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't planning to leave. You right? Here's the key to my house, Mr. Gildersleeve, and a quarter for some birdseed. Birdseed. And you might put fresh water in her cage. Fresh water. And canaries get terribly lonely. So stay and talk with her for a little while. <laughs> now she's got me talking to canaries. Hello, Peavy. Uh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you today? Petey, I want some birdseed. How's that? <laughs> birdseed, Petey. Oh, you have a bird on your hands, do you? Yeah, I'll say, and what a bird. We've had Mrs. Thompson on our hands for two days, and the end still isn't in sight. My, my. Now she wants me to take some birdseed to her house and feed her canary. <laughs> it isn't funny, Petey. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, out of the goodness of my heart, I invited the Thompsons over for an evening. And then Mr. Thompson had to go out of town, and we've had Mrs. Thompson with us ever since. Don't say. Well, you care for some aspirin along with your bird seed? <laughs> no, thanks, Peavy. I'll weather the storm. I'll do it for Mr. Thompson's sake. And here's your bird seed, Mr. Gildersleeve. Anything else? Well, you might give me a tall coat, Peavy. Yeah, well. Yeah, I think I'll sit a spell. I'm in no great hurry to get home. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Peavy's family, Jane. Okay. Yeah, she is. You, Mr. Gildersleeve. Me? Yeah, thanks, Peavy. Hello. Mr. Gildersleeve? You, Mrs. Thompson. Are you dawdling on the way? You, you, you dawdling? I phoned home and got no answer. Marjorie said I'd probably find you in 
Well, I'm here. So I see. Well, after you feed the bird, don't forget to cover the cake. Yo, I, I won't. And please hurry and feed the bird. Goodbye, Mr. Gildersleeve. Goodbye, Mrs. Thompson. Yeah, forget the coat, Peavy. Uh, Mrs. Thompson hustling you along, is she? No, Peavy. Mrs. Thompson may push everybody else around, but she isn't telling me what to do. put up with this for one minute if it wasn't for Mr. Thompson. He's so thoughtful and considerate. Say, look at the dishes in the sink. You'd think she'd do those and put them away before she left. In a baloney ring on the dining room table. What a housekeeper. Yeah, I wonder where the bird is. Oh, hello, Gildersleeve. What's that? Hello, <laughs> Mr. Thompson. Mr. Thompson! Yes, you remember me, Gildersleeve. You know, I thought you were out of town. <laughs> Mr. Thompson, what are you doing in your easy chair with your shoes off, smoking a cigar? Have you been here all the time? Of course not, Gildersleeve. I had to go out and send a couple of telegrams. You... Oh, my goodness. Mr. Thompson, you don't know what I've gone through the last two days. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Sit down, Gildersleeve. Have a Coke and a cigar. Well, well, I may as well. Mr. Thompson, this was a sneaky thing for you to do. How far is it to the telegraph office? Great Gildersleeve will be right back. When you shop tomorrow, be sure to pick up a pint or quart bottle of Kraft Salad Oil. It's the wonderful new oil for your homemade salad dressings, your cooking, your baking. The first salad oil ever offered for your home use by Kraft. We have news for you, Mr. Gildersleeve. News? What happened? What's up? Leroy, don't be pushy. This doesn't concern you. Yes, it does, Anki. This is for everybody. Oh? We finally decided on names for the twins. You have? Holy cow, it's about time. Leroy. <laughs> so many people helped us out, and we're very grateful. All our friends were wonderful. And here are the names we selected, Anki. Rhonda Lynn and Rhonda Linda. Rhonda Lynn and Rhonda Linda. Why, George, I couldn't have thought of better names myself. You say, let's see how the twins like them. Oh, Ronnie, Linda. How do you like that? They're talking about their names already. What if they called you Leroy? Never mind. They're beautiful names. Thanks to all of you for helping out. You're real friends. Good night, everybody. The 
Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Robert Armbruster. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, William Randolph, Dick Trenna, Jeanette Nolan, Joe Forte, Lee Keel, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. This is John Easton saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Next time you raid the icebox or sit down for a between-meal snack, don't forget to add a little craft-prepared mustard to that cold meat you eat or that sandwich you make. For when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. There are two kinds of craft mustard, salad mustard with that delicately spiced mild flavor and craft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both kinds on hand. Then for extra zest in meat or cheese, just add a little mustard and you'll add a lot of tang. Buy Kraft's prepared mustard. Laugh with your humble host. He's next on NBC. And there you have it, friends. The Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio. I am your humble host. That show was originally broadcast on May 23rd of 1951. And uh, we finally found out the name of those twins. Oh, my. Oh, I feel sorry for those twins. Rhonda Lynn and Rhonda Linda. I wonder which one the boy is going to be named. Well, let's just hope they don't call him Rhonda for short. Yeah, I know they always do that on the Great Gildersleeve, don't they? Remember a while back when they had a contest to name the baby that the Great Gildersleeve found in his car? It was a mystery baby, and they wanted to have a contest with the audience to tell them to name the baby. When they finally came up with the audience, finally came up with a name, the staff on the Great Gildersleeve chose the name of Romery came from the audience. Now, here the same, <laughs> I assume it's the same Great Gildersleeve staff with the same bad taste. They choose the one letter that came from the audience member that named the kid the most unusual names possible. Well, they did it again. Rhonda Lynn and Rhonda Linda. Ah, I'm sure they must have had plenty of Bills and Susie's and, uh, Nancy's and uh, Joe's. I'm sure plenty of people wrote in with those names, but uh, the great Gildersleeve staff and their infinite knowledge chose Rhonda Lynn and Rhonda Linda, and now eh, they're stuck with it. Well, anyway, that was the great Gildersleeve. Now, that was a kind of a dirty trick that uh, Bronco's father paid on the great Gildersleeve. He left and just left his nagging, horrible, <laughs> horrible wife behind at the great Gildersleeve's house so she could torture the great Gildersleeve and their family for a little while while, while Bronco's father got away from it all. Yeah, Bronco's father, he says, I'm getting out of town. <laughs> 
Now's my chance to escape. And that's just what he did. Sort of like Lena Horne. She says, get out of town. Get out of town. Before it's too late, my love. Get out of town. Be good to me, please. Why wish me home? Why not retire to a farm? And be contented to charm the birds off the trees. Just disappear. I care for you much too much. And when you are near, close to me, dear, we touch too much. The thrill when we meet is so bittersweet that, darling, it's getting me down. So on your mark, get set, get out of town Get out of town before it's too late, my love Get out of town, be good to me, please Why wish me Contented to charm the birds off the trees. Just disappear, I care for you much too much. And when you're near, close to me, dear, we touch too much. The feel when we meet is so bittersweet that darling, it's getting me down. And Lena Horne, yeah, she means that too. Get out of town. Sounds like she meant it to me. Yeah, I like that. Lena Horne. Uh, we don't. I think that may be the first time we've ever had Lena Horne on the show, and uh, we're gonna have Lena back here because uh, I, I like her. I've always liked her. You know, I knew a girl once who looked exactly like Lena Horne. She really did. Uh, she was much younger than the real Lena Horn, of course, but she really looked like Lena Horn. Well, uh, and now, you know, when Bronco's father sneakily crept out and left out of town, I'm sure that Bronco must have thought, well, that's okay, because after all, Mother would never give the Gildersleeves a hard time. She's going to be just as pleasant as she's always eh. Uh, uh, always been? Well, mother wouldn't do that, thought Bronco. Oh, wouldn't she? Here's Burl Ives, and mother wouldn't do that. You can't tell every book by its cover And every girl that you meet won't treat you like your mother They'll say this is real Turn around and call you a heel And hand you your hat Mother wouldn't do that 
Last night I caught my baby with another I said now honey you ain't treating me like my mother You've been all up and down This swinging old town with some other cat Mother wouldn't do that Now this thing that we've got Must work two ways And if things don't change I'm a-leaving some of these days Well, woman, you're so mean That you take all of the lean And leave me the fat Mother wouldn't do Singing, mother wouldn't do that. Maybe mother-in-law would. <laughs> the other slave should have taken that into account before he had them all lured to the house. Well, they, you know, they had high hopes that uh, everything would work out. I, I'm sure they thought, and they were thinking at the time, that when Bronco's father and mother came to the house, they would greet them happily and say, this is the moment we've been waiting for where we can all get together and have a good time. Little did they know what Bronco's father had in store. Here is Joe Stafford. She believes in it still. She says, this is the moment for all of us to be joyful. Yes, <laughs> until the mother-in-law gets him alone. Yeah. Oh, well, here's Joe Stafford. This is the moment This is the time Why don't we take it And make it sublime On this red night We could whisper in the shadows Till dawn As skies grow bright, I'll be sorry that the shadows are gone. This is the moment love has begun. Maybe there's danger.
Stafford, and this is the moment. Yes, that's what Gildersleeve and the family thought when Bronco's father and the mother arrived, but he... Well, Bronco's father wasn't too bad, except he played a real dirty trick. He, he left the whole Gildersleeve family alone to deal with his wife. Oh, well, I, I guess he likes to escape every once in a while. Well, friends, that was the May 23rd, 1951 episode of The Great Gildersleeve. And now we come to bonus time. Bonus time here on Sounds Like Radio when I play you a song that I've always liked that really has nothing to do with the storyline of The Great Gildersleeve except for the fact that it is a great song and I'd like you to hear it. You know, I think I discovered the blues probably in my teenage years uh, but I got more serious into it when I was in my 20s. And the one surprising thing for me when I was listening to a lot of blues was how funny it is. You know, you don't think that the blues music is going to be funny. But is it? it is incredibly funny. A lot of funny lines and situations and, and the comments. It, it's a funny, funny music. Yeah, it's funny that the blues would be funny, but it is. Well, little example here. One of my favorite songs is a song, I think, that expresses how all real men feel about their woman. They don't want any other man around, nowhere around. They want their woman in the house all by herself, not letting anybody in the door. Uh, a man would say, honey, don't answer the door. I don't care who it is, whether it's a doctor, whether it's your mama. Whether it's your sister, if they're at the door and I'm not there, keep it closed. Don't open it. Maybe you can shout through the door. Maybe you can shout through the keyhole. But that's as close as you're going to get to company when I'm not in the house. That's what B.B. King says, and that's what B.B. King thinks, and that's, I believe, what we all think. If we had the courage to say it, well, I've got the courage, and I'm saying it. Here's B.B. King. He's going to tell it the way it is. Honey, when you're home, don't you answer that door unless I'm there. <laughs> oh, B.B., B.B., tell us. Tell us the way it is. Woman, I don't want to sew. Hanging around my house when I'm not at home. Oh, I don't want a soul, baby Hanging around my house when I'm not at home I don't want you to answer the door for nobody, baby Oh, when you're home and you know you're all alone I 
I don't want your sister coming by Because the little girl, she talk too much If she want to come by to visit us Tell her to meet us Sunday down at the church Cause I don't want a soul, baby If your mother wanna visit us, tell her I get home about the break of day. And that's too late to visit anybody, baby. So tell her to please stay away. Cause I don't want a soul, baby. Hanging around my house when I'm not at home. You feel a little sick, baby And you know you're home all alone I don't want the doctor at my house, baby You just suffer till I get home Cause I don't want a soul, baby Hanging around my house when I'm not at home the way it is Mm-mm. no nobody can hang around the house now, when i'm not there <laughs> oh yeah well you know i think that's the way a real man feels he doesn't want anyone hanging around his woman or going into the house when when he's not there yeah even if she gets sick she's just gonna have to suffer until her husband gets home even if her mama comes to visit She's just going to have to talk to her through the peephole of the door. That's as close as any company can come when the man's not in the house. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Ah, I like that song. Now, you see, it, it was a great song, but it also had a lot of humor in it. 
if, if you know, if you can think he was sort of kidding, but I'd like to think he wasn't kidding. And that song was all serious. Well, you know, I think it is sort of serious. You do think like that. You may not want to say it out loud, but uh, that's the way you think. I, I know I say it out loud, too. I say it right now. I'm agreeing with B.B. King. Yeah, I got to calm down. <laughs> All right, friends. That'll do it for today's Sounds Like Radio. Your manly, humble host here. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, sometimes you, you gotta let the beast out. And the beast wanted to get out today. Yeah. That BB song did it to me. I blame it on BB. BB, it's your fault. Yeah. All right, friends, till next time when we're back here with another Sounds Like Radio, I am your humble host, thanking you all for listening, and see you again later. Goodbye, everybody.